Welcome to the Healthy Sensitive, a podcast for those highly sensitive people looking to fully engage in the world, sharing their gifts along the way, but while still sustaining their physical health, their emotional health, their mental health, their spiritual health. Anyway, I'm Leah Burkhart, your hostess on the show, uh, health coach, health educator, health enthusiast, health obsessionist. Um, And in today's introductory episode, I want to talk a bit about what high sensitivity is. Uh, I want to talk about how that can impact our health in a super stimulating world. And uh, what I mean by health in the first place, as well as give you an idea of what this podcast is going to be all about moving forward. So without further ado, uh, let's get started. So um, to begin with. What the heck do I mean by high sensitivity? What is that anyway? A highly sensitive person is not an X-Men, not an intuitive, not an empath, uh, not anything Superman-like, not out of this world. High sensitivity is just a trait. And when I use the term, I'm using it the way Elaine Aaron, researcher and psychologist, uses the term. So if you're kind of curious about what a highly sensitive person looks like or, or what they might say, uh, you can take her quiz, and, and her, I mean Elaine Aaron's quiz, and some of the uh, statements that are on there that you can choose to either agree or disagree with include, I'm easily overwhelmed by high sensory input. So think loud rock concerts. Uh, I'm particularly sensitive to the effects of caffeine. Oh my goodness. Like if you give me... <laughs> I mean... I, okay, let me t- let me put it this way. I cannot have a cup of coffee. If I do, I don't speed up. As far as I'm concerned, the world slows down. So if I want to drink coffee, what I have to do is drink a shot of coffee. I did not say a shot of espresso. I said a shot of coffee. Uh, when I say cup, coffee is not my cup of tea, <laughs> it's because I really probably should be drinking tea. Uh, other things a sensitive person might say, other people's moods affect me. This is probably true of everyone, but it just seems to be extremely true with HSP. I find myself needing to withdraw during busy days, you know, into bed or a darkened room or any place where I can have some privacy and relief from stimulation. So as a kid, I can remember, for example, being at a Christmas party. And we're not talking, you know, slam and party here. We're talking 10 people all in my family. Uh, My dad's side of the family tends to be a... They're a robust people. Um, <laughs> they're loud, they're flashy, they're fun, they're lively. Uh, so I would have to retreat into a bedroom and sort of recharge and then come back. And I didn't have a language for it as a kid, and I thought it was kind of weird because no one else really seemed to need that. But fortunately, my mom totally got it. So I think she, if she's not a highly sensitive person, she's you know at least someone who kind of needs that space for herself. So she got it. Uh, But anyway, so other things, uh, I have a rich and complex inner life. Uh, I'm deeply moved by the arts or music. So these are the kinds of things that an HSP might say and would agree with. The upside to being a highly sensitive person, especially in the context of health and wellness, they're very conscientious. So they're not big risk takers and they think carefully before they make decisions. That means they're probably less likely to smoke, They're certainly more likely to follow the doctor's orders. They eat their vegetables, they eat their Wheaties, they drink their water, they go to the gym. They have healthy health habits. That's great, right? So you would think that they would live longer, and in many cases they do. 
Also, according to Elaine Aaron, if you were an HSP and you grew up in a stable, happy, healthy, supportive environment, they're likely to be even more healthy than the average. So very resilient, less likely to get sick, and all of that jazz. There are, of course, some downsides. So as a sensitive person, I find standing on the ocean shoreline majestic. That also means that if I'm in the midst of conflict, it's physically painful. It can wire my nervous system up tremendously. Uh, Horror movies. I can't even go there with the horror movies. I won't sleep. It's bad. It's just a bad life choice. So if you want to make me cringe, take me during Christmas time, lock me in a shopping mall, and say I'll be back in two hours. There's lights flashing everywhere. There are smells of every type and variety. People are everywhere, sounds, and it's just, it's intense. It's a lot of stimuli. And this isn't to say that I don't like people or that I'm going to have a panic attack in crowds. It just overwhelms the senses so that I'm uncomfortable. So, in terms of how that impacts health, conscientiousness has an evil twin, and her name is perfectionism. So, HSP have a tendency to do the following. We work really hard. We get good grades. We get favor with our bosses. We people please our way into positions of authority or maybe at least positions that allow us to have some semblance of autonomy and creativity. So great. We take on way more work than we should because we like pleasing people. And we don't practice healthy boundaries because as a rule, we generally don't have them. Um, And so we take on too much. We get overwhelmed. So now we're anxious, overwhelmed, tired, but wired. Once we're overwhelmed, we get fatigued. That fatigue sets in and we become less productive. The less productive we are, the less pleasing we believe ourselves to be, whether true or not. And the less pleasing we believe ourselves to be, the more likely we are to feel shame. The more shame we feel, the sadder and more depressed we become. As that becomes habituated, now we have depression. So we have the vicious triangle, adrenal fatigue, anxiety, depression. And then if all of that keeps going, now we get some real diagnosable conditions. Uh, We get sick more and more often. We're catching the flu all the time. We're developing blood sugar imbalances because in order to sustain uh, an unsustainable lifestyle, we might be relying on uh, high sugar foods or comfort foods to block out the stimuli and dull the senses. So this is the dark side of what it's like to be an HSP and how we can unravel and turn into the worst versions of ourselves. And trust me, when we are unraveled, we are no fun to be around. So um, how do we navigate this? You know, what do we do? A lot of resources are already out there for highly sensitive people. And, you know, for example, some of my favorite podcasts on the subject include... Uh, Quiet Rebels, a gentleman who is a highly sensitive introvert and creative individual who encourages other HSP to embrace their creativity, as HSP do tend to be, on on the whole, creative, as you would imagine, if they have this rich inner life, they have a lot to express. So having that outlet is important. Uh, There's also the Highly Sensitive Person podcast. It's short and witty and light and lovely and very informative. Uh, it talks all about you know her experience as an HSP, as well as uh, you know she has a, w- a way of weaving in information and resources that are helpful. So, 
this isn't necessarily to compete with or necessarily add on top of all of that. This is a podcast more to help those who are trying to navigate the world and stay healthy. So what can we eat? What can we do? What kind of exercises? What kind of strategies can we like utilize? So for example, highly sensitive people are often told to go out into the world and create a life that really looks like them. So a highly sensitive person who works in a law firm Maybe corporate law isn't for you. You know, maybe you should start your own practice. Entrepreneurship tends to be great for highly sensitive people. They're conscientious. They have attention to detail. They work hard. They just want some autonomy with their work schedule. They want to be able to retreat into quiet solitude when they need to. Maybe the accountant who's constantly working with numbers is desperate to be a writer. Well, go be a writer. Do it make it happen so all of these things are the this is the advice given and it's great advice I took that advice and am delighted to report that it made a huge difference I feel holy myself and I'm very excited about what I'm doing and how I'm evolving and growing and, and the, I, I'm, I'm deeply grateful but I had to work my ass off to get here and I'm still going to be working hard along the way. It's not like I get here and, oh, well, good, now I'm done. It's I got here and now I just get to expand and grow further. Hopefully exponentially so. That requires time and energy and resources. The primary resource being health and vitality. Most people who want to make transition in their lives can't do it immediately. So if I'm in law and I want to open up my own practice, that doesn't mean it happens tomorrow. So what does that mean logistically? It means I have to not only do my job, but now I have to do my job plus this other thing as I transition. Now some of you out there, maybe you have a beloved partner, some family members, very close friends who are willing to support you as you make this huge transition in your life into something that doesn't tax you in the way that your current life is. If that's true, that's phenomenal. Good for you. But most of us don't have that. I certainly didn't. I had love and support, and I don't don't get me wrong, but I the transitions that I made I had to work twice as hard to get to the place where I am now, and I'm still working hard. And I still have to work hard on self-care in order to sustain the kinds of work that I want to continue to do. So, that's what this podcast is for. It's for the highly sensitive person who does not want to limit themselves or see high sensitivity as a liability, but really as an asset. And he wants to use that asset as a tool to help other people, but just not lose themselves and their life and their health in the process. So that brings me to what do I mean by health? Well, I'm actually bringing together a bunch of different definitions when I think about health. The standard one is absence of disease, which obviously sucks on its own because, you know, so what? I wasn't diagnosed with a condition, therefore I'm healthy. Wrong. I mean... I know plenty of people who've been diagnosed with illnesses and who are vibrantly healthy, and I know plenty of people who haven't been diagnosed with something that's formal, and yet they are certainly not healthy. But it's a helpful start. Um, You know, the World Health Organization defines it as physical, mental, and social well-being. That's great. I think I like it. Um, Most traditional modalities 
like Ayurveda or Chinese medicine describe it as a balance. So a healthy maneuvering in life is always dependent upon where you are. Like the things you practice in summer to take care of yourself won't be the same things you practice in winter. So it's about looking at the body as an ecosystem rather than a machine. And then finally, the etymology of the word health is rooted. It's great-great-grandmother is the word haleth, which means whole. So in my mind, health is about feeling wholly yourself. It's about living in accordance with your values. It's about being in balance. It's about removing a diagnosis if you can, moving away from illness and disease, and moving away from even dis-ease, and towards something that's vital and, and strong and enduring. That's what I mean when I talk about health. So that brings me to, you know, what can you expect throughout the course of this podcast? What I'm hoping to do is bring in guest speakers as well as resources in general that will help you to stay your best self in the midst of whatever circumstances you might be in. You know, I think a lot of time is spent saying, oh, well, if your your circumstances were different, you'd be happier. And that's bull. If you were happier, you'd be able to change your circumstances. That's how this works. It starts with us. It starts with you. And if you can become your most healthy, vibrant, energized self, then you're going to be happier. Happy people are successful. It's not that successful people are happy. You get happy first, and that's what breeds success. Because unhappy people are no fun to hang around, as we all know. So... This is meant to be an an outlet, a resource, a means to which you can come here and seek out health strategies that are specific to your unique traits. Uh, If you're curious about what I do on the sidelines or if you have questions about any of this stuff, at any point in time, please feel free to reach out uh, www.thehealthysensitive.com. I do wellness coaching on the side, and even if you're not interested in coaching, again, just reach out. Love to hear from you. Love to chat about all things health. That is my obsession after all. (laughs) So um, look forward to seeing you further as we continue on. And in the meantime, uh, have a wonderful, wonderful week. Take good care and cheers.